This week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, we have a new patron that just joined us. He's also joining us, but he's not a new patron in, in the sense that he's never been here before. He's actually been here since the beginning. We have a new patron and his name is Chip Midnight. Chip, thank you for joining the union and welcome to the show for the 50th time. Yeah, thanks. I, You know, I keep hearing about discussions happening and people voting on stuff and I felt left out. And so I figured now is time. Now is the right time to take that plunge. There you go. And you need to get signed up at our Discord channel. I haven't seen uh, oh, yeah. you you sign up there yet, but that's where all of the, uh, the discussions happen. Uh, most recently, we've been discussing Sugar Ray's catalog. <laughs> uh, a very deep dive into Sugar Ray. Hey, wait, let's pause. Give me a, give me a few minutes to get into that discussion right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, there was some uh, some talk about Mainskin. Is that how you pronounce them? That that Italian yeah. rock band that won Eurovision. That was a big discussion today. Uh, it's just there's there's no rhyme or reason what becomes the discussion of the day. It's just whatever ha- whatever's on somebody's mind all of a sudden turns into a hundred posts about that thing. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this is our Thanksgiving episode. We did this last year during 2020 for uh, lockdown uh, for everybody in quarantine. We decided to get everybody together and talk about what we we're thankful for. We're doing it again. We just invite a bunch of people on, talk about what music they were thankful that got released this year. If it was released with the 80s and 90s in mind, that's great. If it wasn't, it's about celebrating music, so we don't judge. Uh, we might even bring up some some other some non-musical things like books related to music or or movies documentaries that kind of stuff that we're thankful for but i want to go around the virtual uh checkerboard here and introduce everyone returning champions ian mciver welcome back hello hello marissa buxbaum nice to see you again cheers whitney Beeler. yes rare appearance well you've been here a couple times mostly for for album reviews but you've joined us for a round table or so yeah yeah so it's it's not it's not rare i mean you're in the uh you're in like the mid-range of of guest numbers (laughs) that's true yeah you know you know you're not at you're not at the cadillac yet you're still at the steak knives in terms of in terms of sales we'll get you up there i'll work on that we'll get and joining us, Darren, where are you from again? I, I'm completely blanking. I'm from Australia, but I'm living in London. It's right. What time is it there? <laughs> uh, it's 10 past two in the morning. Jeez, oh. it's early. Well, see, the thing is, I got a new job, and so I work at a live music venue, and I got home an hour ago, so I'm I'm wide awake. Oh, okay. Well, then this is perfect. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so Richard Waterman's just tonight. a wuss, is what you're saying. <laughs> Let's just call him while he's not here. <laughs> and then joining us for the first time, Carl. Hey, thank you. Welcome. I nice. I, I oh, like the shirt oh. in the background there. 
That's yeah, I, I'm rep repping in the background. Nice. <laughs> join 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 the DMO union. Join Absolutely. the Patreon. Yes, get yourself some swag. You're some you're, there's a, there's there's stuff to be had. Um so as I mentioned last year we did this. We talked about music that we were thankful for. We're going to do it again. Um a lot of music came out. I felt like this year there was there was stuff that came out last year. A lot of it was sort of haphazard. This year was like, hey, we were going to release an album last year. We're going to release four this year. <laughs> there was a lot of releases uh, from bands, sometimes two, three uh, EPs. Uh, Bob Pollard has been very busy, uh, to say the least. But uh, I want to go around and ask everybody uh, what they've been thankful for. What what new music have you been listening to that you want to hip people to? And um, I'm going to start with our new guy, Carl. What, what's been on your mind as far as new releases? Well, I just wanted to bring up three uh, main artists because I'm up here in Maine. And uh, one was actually a December 2020 Bandcamp release uh, by this uh, rapper up here in Portland named uh, Sarah Violet. And she released a eight-song EP called Father Time is Trying to Murder Me. And uh, I know this isn't really a rap crowd, but it's got really good sort of uh, chill ambient production to it. And her mm. lyrics are good and her flow's really good. So worth checking her out on Bandcamp. Then uh, probably our most popular artist right now is a rapper named Spose. He released an uh, old-fashioned double CD. So the first disc is a, a, a rock album with his band the humans and the second album is um the the rap side and uh so it's it's pretty cool that's on spotify and Bandcamp, and uh it's like on the on the rock side there's this uh song called dudes that takes a real shot at misogyny and there's a really good ballad to his son on there called um Hey, big guy. And then like on the rap side, he raps over hard bops. Like, I mean, it's really all over the place, but pretty cool. And how do you, how's that spelled? Spose? S-P-O-S-E. Spose. All right. It's called Get Rich or Die Ryan and check it out. He's like not a great singer, but he's trying. Like he's just going a hundred throughout the whole thing. So it's pretty crazy. Cool. And uh, good. And the other one was just released a few weeks ago. Uh, this sort of ties back to the 90s a little bit. Uh, Dave Gutter is the lead singer of Rustic Overtones and a bunch of other projects. And uh, he's got over 500 writing credits or co-writing credits on BMI Publishing. And he just released his first EP of solo stuff called I've Been Here a While and that's streaming on Spotify. So. I've been listening to the heck out of it.
said, it's not on CD or anything, but it's 2021. That might be a theme that lots of stuff is not on physical media, but yeah. And they're all like, and all of these are like about artists, like growing up and getting older and looking at their life. And I think stuff we're all doing during COVID too. So yeah, definitely seems like art that's been created during, during COVID and looking at if you've made the best choices you can and stuff like that. So some good, good music coming out of Maine in the past year. Excellent way to represent Maine. (laughs) Trying to do my best. (laughs) Joe Royland will be happy. Uh, Chip, you're our newest patron. What, what's been, what's been catching your ear this year? So I would say at the beginning of the year, the artists that I'm about to mention did not have a lot of buzz, but at this point, um, one of them was just nominated for a Grammy and the other one is really blowing up right now. But the two, my like top two albums of this year probably are, um, Arlo Parks collapsed in sunbeams and Morgan Wade's Reckless. Um, Arlo Parks, if you're not familiar, is a maybe 19, 20-year-old from the UK. I would say sort of trip-hop-ish. Just great. I mean, it reminds me of of that trip-hop stuff in the, you know, Um, Mm mid-90s. Just really, like, just from the second I heard it, just really blew me away. And it was really something that I spent a lot of time since I work in my basement right now during the work from home time of this era that we're living in, uh, it's really cool, chill music just to, to work to you. Um, Morgan Wade is a, I guess you'd call her a country slash Americana type artist. Um, she's from Virginia. She played a festival that Sadler Vaden from Jason Isbell's band, uh, Jason Isbell's band was playing Sadler Vaden saw her play and, uh, really, liked what he heard and thought that maybe he could help her out a little bit. He ended up co-writing most of her album with her, helped her produce it. Um, it's just really good stuff. Those are the two that really have stood out that I've listened to a ton this year. Um, I write for Big Takeover Magazine and BigTakeoverMagazine.com or BigTakeover.com. And, uh, you know, in, in, in preparing for interviews, I tend to listen to albums a lot. And so it's hard for me to, to um, separate stuff that I really love versus stuff that I'm doing research on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I, I was actually counting today. I, I, I've to date done 54 interviews this year. And so my list of favorite albums of this year probably includes all those artists just because I spent so much time listening to them. Hmm. Um, one that I think that I just posted, uh, you know, by the time people listen to this, it won't be today. But one that I just posted today was an interview with, um, a band called Palm Ghosts uh, from Nashville. Um, my first thought when I heard it was, it's as if like the band sat and watched Stranger Things and then like wanted to write a record that would get played on the next season of Stranger Things. So it's really oh. mid to late eighties influence, some synth stuff. Um, honestly, the the email that I got that had the you know the subject line said recommended if you like Gang of Four, Wire. Uh, I can't remember a new order echo and the bunny men. So when I was interviewing um, the singer, Joseph, I told him that like in the eighties, I would have absolutely hated his band. Cause that, like I was totally into hair metal and, and metal and rock music. Uh, but as a, as a 50 year old who looks fondly back at my high school years, probably through what are they, like rose tinted glasses, 
high school years probably were not in reality the best, but uh, they feel like they were the best. Um, this is a band that takes me right back to like 1987. Um, they actually put out two records to, to your point earlier, Tim, they put out, they, they recorded a record in 2019 and they had sent it out to get the vinyl and they were all ready to, to release it. And then 2020 happened. So they decided to shelve that and wait until November of this year. And while they were waiting on that record, it came out, the band members all sequestered in their own homes and their own cities across the United States, started sending files back and forth. And they ended up putting out a record that came out in March of this year. It was actually written, recorded, produced, mixed and everything in 2020 as sort of a reaction to what was going on in the world at the time. So it's very topical and timely. Uh, that album is called, I can't remember off the top of my head. Life, I just, life, Lifeboat Candidate. Lifeboat Candidate was the one that came out in March that was recorded in 2020. And then The Lost Frequency was recorded in 2019, but just came out. But, um, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into the New Order, Echo and the Bunnymen, Wire, Gang of Four, you know, the, the singer Joseph told me that his record collection, those are all part of his collection. And um, he actually started out as an American art, American, Americana artist. So if you go back and listen to some of the early Palm Ghost stuff, it's totally different. Hmm. Um, but he, you know, he moved to Nashville. He decided to really start writing music that matched his, his interest and stuff. And so um, he decided not worth changing the name because it wasn't like they had a huge fan base anyway. Um, and he said, you know, this is me as a songwriter and I evolved, my influences changed. And so if you're along for the ride, you'll like the Americana folk stuff and you're going to like the synth driven post-punk stuff too. So Palm Ghost, I would check them out. Cool. Sounds like something Tim and I would be into. Oh yeah. yeah. What uh, of the two albums that came out this year, which, which one do you recommend? Um, I like the lost, the lost frequency. That seems to be, like I said, that one, they, they spent more time on, they recorded in person and it was really, that was what they that was what they were going to release. That was kind of the, the, the fruit of their effort. That, is that the right saying? The, whatever the right saying is. Um, the other <laughs> one is, is, is really good, but it's, it's, it's definitely something that, they, like I said, that was kind of a quick and dirty passing files around and building on stuff. So track, uh, track eight on that record is called John Carpenter. Yeah. I'm yeah. So, I'm sold. It's, there yeah, you go. Like, like I said, it's funny. I, I you know, like I said, I turned 50 this year. So I, I always play the old guy card when I interview these bands that are always made up of people younger than me. And so I start, I'm like, yeah, man, that reminds me of 1987. He was like, yeah, I don't even know if he was alive in 1987. So <laughs> those references don't always hold true. Um, but he said that he, a lot of people say that they sound like an 80s band. What you been? Oh. What you been uh, listening to that you want to share? Okay. Well, I, I went through my list, and uh, so the, the three most played albums—they're all related. So the, the first one, I've got props here. So the first one is uh, 
Jeremy Inkle, a uh, hijacker. So uh, Jeremy Inkle, uh, unfortunately, a member of Frontline Assembly, passed away in January of uh, 2018 uh, due to uh, complications from asthma. So uh, before he passed away, he completed a solo album, uh, very heavily influenced like by early wax tracks, uh, 12 inches, and so that sound. Um, his former bandmate, uh, Chris Peterson, longtime uh, FLA mixer, Greg Reilly, they managed to push it out to get published and that. So it was a nice, uh, nice tribute uh, to him. Uh, and then the next uh, two are, are related. And one thing I'm thankful for is when a band you love releases two albums in one year. So uh, Frontline Assembly and uh, Noise Unit uh, Deviator and that. So it's something to be thankful for when your one of your favorite bands releases something. So I know I did the, the write-up for the one-minute review for Noise Unit. And so, like I said, I really enjoyed them. Uh, a few other albums that came out that I enjoyed this year as well was... Uh, Garbage, uh, No God, No Monsters. Uh, that was a good one. And then um, the uh, Martin Gore EP as well. So those were better too. That yeah. High up there. Yes. Thank you for writing up the reviews because it's stuff that I necessarily wouldn't, not necessarily am familiar with. So I don't always gravitate towards that stuff. Uh, but uh, it turned me on to some really interesting albums uh, with the Noise Unit one and, and um, some of the other ones that you've reviewed. And I agree with you on the the garbage was probably their best since the second garbage record, I think, in terms of yeah. uh, overall record. Yeah, is it, is it definitely it brought them back to the 90s. Album? What was that, Carl? I said, is it as good as that second garbage 2.0? Because that's a heck of an album. I think yeah, songwriting-wise, it it's close. It, I don't think it has like the killer single, but it has like a lot of really strong tracks. Oh, great. One that released in uh, 2012, um, uh, why am I blanking on it? Uh, that had some good singles on it, but this one was a far better album. And, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I love the first album that they released in 1995. So that that's my favorite for theirs. And version 2.0 is a close second, but this this was a, a good return to form. Uh, unfortunately, they're not making it to Canada with the last more sets. So uh, dodging a bit of a bullet there since I don't care for a last more set, but... Uh, at the same time, it'd be nice to see them again. Uh, that was another topic of conversation, Alanis Morissette, in our in our chat this week. Uh, Marissa, what has caught your ear this year? Oh, my. So if I had to pick one album, and I think I am going to pick one album that I've been coming back to over and over and over again, it's The Hold Steady and it's Open Door Policy. And maybe it's just because I've had the benefit of like marinating in it because it came out, I want to say like February 
Yeah, real early. Real early. Um, And it's one of those records where every time I listen to it, I feel like a new layer of experience and and meaning is just like peeling itself back and revealing itself. And I've been joking that that the Hold Steady finally made a Twilight Singers record with this (laughs) one. I mean, like Lanyards is pure teenage wristband. Uh, Hanover Camera is Railroad Lullaby. Spices is forty dollars. I could, I could go on and on, but it, it's really just like the, the vibe and the groove and the subject matter all all has that like um, this romantic sort of harrowing magnetism, and it's using the same lexicon and the same tropes. I think as every previous hold steady record it's it's very meta and and referential and at the same time it's it's it feels like to me it marks a really significant um departure or transitional period for the band um it's the first album of theirs in my opinion to really seriously interrogate its own mythology to be like openly conflicted about uh and sometimes even disgusted by this whole spectacle of self-destruction that is just, you know, when, when you think of the band, that's what I think about this, this raucous uh, celebratory quality to um, the exploration of, of like all these characters, various downward spirals. And I think that, you know, with like almost killed me or separation Sunday um, boys and girls in America, it, it kind of softens the blow but with this album, the gloves are totally off. There are, are no edges that are sanded down. And that, you know, that joy is still there, that that reverence is still there, but it's, it's like brutal and upsetting in a very different way. There's a frankness to the record. It's like actively contemplating uh, mortality. It's shacking up in these like Stanley Kubrick style hotels it's smoking cigarettes in rehab hospitals uh attempting suicide in a crowded bar which i i remember when i listened to family farm i thought to myself like did did i hear the lyrics right am i like processing what's actually happening in this narrative every time i listen to it i'm i think to myself like oh my god this is this is like fucked up and not not in like the fun um chaotic way that that previous hold steady records have been this is a dark and grown-up album and the thing I, I remember thinking this was what stuck out to me and and it, and it seemed you know it might seem incidental but i don't think it is it's, it might be the first time in the entire hold steady canon that there is a direct reference to marriage to somebody being someone else's wife um and with all the like hold steady archetypes that we've been doled out over the years you know, the, the, these characters might be getting older, uh, wrestling with existential anxieties. You know, the 17-year-old the knows she's not going to be 17 forever or 33 forever. But they all have this, like, freewheeling, um, like, they're unattached. They have this liberty to detonate their own lives. Um, and you don't really get a sense of, of the collateral damage associated. But with open-door policy, there's an emphasis on, like, the blast radius on you know, this imagery of like cell doors clanging down um, around all the dramatis personae, whether it's like prisons and hospitals or soul-sucking jobs, um, this like profound sense of place that the band is um, known for 
now that sense of place is just like the sense of the walls closing in um, and yearning for a way out of that. Hence the album title, or at least my interpretation of it. If you're still in Pennsylvania, I'd advise you not to leave. Take some nickels from the fountain and make your friends and fall asleep. Let your sins be of a mission. I wish you wouldn't engage with all these creeps. Cause they're never gonna love you that one specific way that you want them all to love you. So I've been like living in that hold steady world for the past seven or eight months now. And the band is actually going to do their sort of annual gathering of the hold steady fans in New York the week, the weekend after Thanksgiving, which they have been doing for, I want to say since like 2014 or 2015. Um, but obviously it did not happen in 2020. They're doing it this year. So I'm very excited for that. And I'm very excited to see how these songs, which are, you know, have this like real unprecedented, unprecedented gravitas for the hold steady, this, this uh, like shadow, how that's going to get channeled into a really celebratory, happy context. So I love that album. And I think everybody should listen to it. Yes. We reviewed it for the box and very good record. Very good record. Glad that they, uh, I feel like, was it with teeth? I think it was with teeth. Was it that record that I felt like they were slipping a little bit? Oh, teeth dreams. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're mixing nine inch nails and, and the yeah, whole sorry. Thing. I was mixing. But I do nails love and, with yeah. teeth and I think it's an underrated nine inch nails record. Yeah. <laughs> Strongly agree. It's it, yes. it right over here in my, in my screen there. The vinyl. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and the reissue from 2019 too. So, but I think I've got more money in session than uh, I know what to deal with sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I do think that like the hold steady sort of started pivoting with the record that precedes the one that just came out. Um, why is why is it escaping me the name of it? Um, shit, somebody from, jog my memory. Somebody's got Google. The one from two years ago. Yes. Uh, I can't remember. I can I can see the album artwork. Thrashing like, through the passion. Yes, yeah. thrashing through the passion. There there are like to me peaks of what's going to happen in open door policy on thrashing through the passion. But this is like the real oh shit moment. This is this is the watershed hold steady. Like it feels like, forgive me, the door is being opened to a new stage in the band's evolution. And you know, they they have been operating within this uh they're they're not reinventing the wheel, right? They they are doing sort of standard issue replacement style um pump your fists and get hammered rock and roll music that you can sing along to your friends with in a bar, but it's always worked for them. They haven't really needed to reinvent themselves in a kind of dramatic way. This is an interesting, like, 
it, it's, it's stepwise. You, you saw it coming, but at the same time, you're like, I, I, I didn't think that this was the direction that they were going to veer in. They didn't have to do it, but they're doing it. Okay. I don't think any other words need to be said on the hold steady. You covered them all, Marissa. Thank you. You got it. Looks like you were listening to it like an hour ago, too, from the looks of it. I was. I, well, I've been listening to it obsessively for like the past week, so because I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're prepared. Love it. That's all we you know, could hope for, because Jay and I don't get prepared at all. We're just <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> uh, That's why you bring on the guests. Yeah. Speaking of flying, let's go across the pond. Darren Leach. How do you like that? Hey, nice segue. <laughs> well, before he falls I, asleep, I'm sure he's going to crash soon. From, yeah, let's, from being let's, get, let's get him uh, in, and, in and out of here so he can get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> what What have you been enjoying? Well, ever, well, ever since I started this job, I'm, I'm going to bed at like 3 o'clock. So, yeah. Um, I've There's three albums that I've been listening to. So the first is Jim Ward. I think I've talked about this Um Yep. before but uh, daggers for me is such a great record uh, it's it's 10 songs 33 minutes it doesn't overstay its welcome you know he doesn't didn't fill it with two extra tracks or anything like that um it just seems to get better i listened to it again yesterday and just went i love it it just yeah it's like jim's fallen back in love with electric guitar because his last solo album was 10 years ago and it was very acoustic very soft i didn't really dig it but you know mm -hmm. sparta reformed a few years ago and I think he's just he's just loved his electric guitar again, so I'm I'm more happy with that. One is uh, Spectres. I don't know if you're familiar with these guys, but they're from Vancouver. They're up to their fifth record. Yeah. Um, they're like a post-punk band, but they they love their New Order and uh, Joy Division. So they they kind of shouty, but they've got the melody of um, uh, you know the, the dance ability of uh, New Order and you know a bit of Joy Division thrown in there. And I've been loving that record. And thirdly, yeah, very I've, good I've listen. Got a yeah, awesome. That only dropped a couple of weeks ago, actually. So, um, the third one is Children Collide. Um, I've got to throw in the Aussie thing. Uh, they released their fourth album about a month ago or something like that, and it almost didn't happen. They released three, and classic thing: the band splintered. You know, the the drummer left or something, the bass player left, and uh, I can't remember the lead singer's name, but he did a solo record and it almost never happened and then all of a sudden they just dropped it this year and it was like where did this come from but it's a i think the the break did them really well 
because um, I think it's a very, very strong album. Uh, it, it's like a mix of frantic indie rock and with fuzzy melody, if that makes any sense. So I think he loved Nirvana uh, on the first couple of records. So if, you know, if you like that kind of thing, uh, I, I definitely, I highly recommend checking out Driven for Life. So that's what I've been listening to. Excellent. Those are some cool choices. Whitney. Oh my God. So you come to me, I think I'm just going to sit in here and listen to other people talk and you're calling people out. If you put <laughs> your uh, face on my screen, I'm going to say your name. So dude, now I got to battle through my list of like three dozen things. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh shit. All right. Let's see. All right. Non-typically, I'm going to go with something I've been listening to a lot more this year. Stoner metal type stuff that I must have Ooh, half dozen. No, nice. I, must, I don't know if it's stoner, but it's metal. I don't know. Is how it to stoner do it. Or is it desert? You got to be specific. Just, genres make me sick, but I'm going to say, <laughs> um, and Rich turned me on to, Rich Waterman turned me on to uh, King Buffalo. And I've mentioned it a few times, the burden of restlessness. Um, God, I don't know what it is about that record. It's just so heavy and still melodic and all those cliched things that people use for really catchy music, which is what I listen to constantly. Um, that would be one of the things on the top of my list. Also, uh, Quicksand uh, Distant Populations is a really great record. I've loved, I'm, I see Chip kind of nodding. I'm hoping that's like nodding yes, or cause I mean, I don't interview people or write, so I'm flying by the seat of my pants here, Chip. Um, I really have enjoyed that record. And uh, Gohira Fortitude is another one I've spent a lot of time with that I'm just really impressed by. Uh, yeah, that, that quicksand record is great. I um, I, I talked to Walter, uh, kind of a combination between you and Darren. So I interviewed Jim Ward and we were talking about what kind of bands Jim would like to open for when he goes back on the road. And uh, quicksand had just released a single and I was like, Jim, I can think of a band that you would be perfect. And I'm sure you're a fan. I'm sure that you Sparta reminded me of this band. And he's like, Quicksand? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so we both kind of geeked out over Quicksand. And then I interviewed Walter a couple of weeks later from Quicksand. And he was calling from his car. He was trying to find a parking spot in New York. And uh, his phone died. And we had done like a 25-minute interview. It was all good. Like, I felt like I had enough. And I got an email a day later and Walter said, Jim Ward gave me your email address and we got cut off. So let's get back on the line and we, let's finish this interview out. So I finished an interview. I nice. talked for another half an hour with Walter. So nice. Jim Ward and Quicksand both put out awesome albums this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked um, like that. And, and those three, like in that kind of hard metal. Um, I, I do listen to quite a bit of it, but this year it's been especially good. I think uh, like Red Fang had a really good uh, has a really good record out that I've enjoyed, too. Um, keeping typically to what I listen to a lot is the power pop and like just melodic rock stuff. I guess a couple that stand out to me uh, is one by a Denmark band called Caper Clowns, and they're not really well known in Denmark. I think they are, but here they're not. And there's an album called Abdicate the Throne that's really um, caught my ear. Um, more I listen to it, the more I enjoy it. It's just straight up kind of, ah, it's cliche to say jellyfish pop, but that's kind of what it is. Um, and uh, also a guy named Jim Trainer uh, ordered something off Bandcamp from him. He sent me a nice note and everything, thanking me for buying the CD from him. Uh, it's got a, I told Marissa it has kind of a school of fish vibe, but it's, it's got a lot of different variety to it. But um, overall, I've really enjoyed that one. Um, I don't really listen to much emo pop stuff, but Pet Symmetry's Future Suits is um, pretty 
I'm a little tired of COVID songs and they have a couple on the album, but uh, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of special little flourishes that they put in the music that I really, that really catch my ear. Um, and uh, if I'm going to just uh, call it a couple just mainstream rock albums, Lindsey Buckingham's soul album is really good. Um, I'm not a big Fleetwood Mac guy, but I, that record has caught my ear. I really enjoyed that one. Eddie's kid, um, Mammoth WVH, is pretty terrific. I don't know if any of you guys have spent any yeah. time with it, yeah. mm-hmm. but man, it's really good. I he's not copping off his old man or anything. He's just it's solid. I have to I have to remember to pick that one up. Yeah. Um, but I, I love watching him sort of parry effortlessly and gracefully the the weirdos on social media who insist that he's I don't know. Yep. Not uh, honoring his father's legacy by oh, by God. hewing as close as he possibly can to the established mold. Oh yeah. God, it's so stupid, and people do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's been I've I've I keep coming back to that one too. So I tried to spend a little time in the mainstream too. I don't know how mainstream that is. I mean, it's not like Dua Lipa or something, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's mainstream enough for me. Sounds I guess. like as mainstream as did well. that Olivia. Rodrigo record come out this year? The one with the song that sounds like yeah. Elvis Costello, kind of noisy. Or Ever Levine. The album. Yeah, I heard something. I was uh, going to pick up dinner tonight. I heard something by Machine Gun Kelly, and I was like, is this kind of rock or what is this on the radio I'm hearing? Because I haven't heard anything like that for like 10 years, I don't think. I so didn't pl- say I liked it. I just said I heard something. When I, uh, when I interviewed Morgan Wade, um, it was for Big Takeover. And if you're not familiar with Big Takeover, it's a magazine that's been around for 40 years. It started off as a great magazine. magazine. Um, the magazine is more discerning as far as who gets covered, but the website is basically anybody, any writer can interview anybody they want and put it on the site. And so when I was talking to Morgan Wade, like I said, she's this Americana country singer. She she is covered in tattoos, so that's kind of her punk rock aesthetic. <laughs> but I asked her what kind of punk rock, you know, if, if we can tie her back some way to punk rock, what would that be? And what kind of punk rock did she like? And um, showing her age, she said, well, Machine Gun Kelly is like her favorite kind of punk rock kind of rock album of the last couple of years. And I'm like, all right, that, that definitely tells me that I'm like old enough to be your dad and that I don't understand Machine Gun Kelly at all. because That is not what I thought was punk rock, but maybe that's what the kids think is. No, but that was the thing. It was like, I realized I was like, wait a second, this is different than what I'm usually hearing. And I was like, do I like this? Can I like this? I'm in my fifties. I don't think I can like this, but anyway, (laughs) you know, um, yeah. So those are some of the highlights. Uh, I've, 
you know, there's, I've got a list, but I'm not going to go over them. I won't bore you guys. Well, we will get to other, other picks as we, as we move on here. I do want to mention, we got some comments on Patreon. Um, Scott Hallgram mentioned Mr. Bungles, the night they came home, which was actually a 2020 live stream that was released as a double vinyl this year. So that's what, uh, that's what he's referring to. Kyle Bittner, he gave us 20. I'm going to give his top three. Uh, number one, Death Haven, Death Heaven, Infinite Granite. Number two, The War on Drugs, I Don't Live Here Anymore. And number three, Chevelle, Nier- Nieratius, Neratus. I don't know how to that pronounce that. That sounds good. That's, that's close enough. Now, interesting, uh, Richard Waterman also had that uh, Chevelle record. So apparently that Chevelle record is pretty good. I haven't listened to it. Um, it, it is this pretty, it is, it's good. I mean, it sounds like Chevelle, right? Chevelle has a sound, but uh, it's well produced, and I mean, they do what they do really well. So I've come back to that one a few times myself this year. I'll ha- I've never really listened to them, so I'll have to maybe give them a. It's like give them a spin. I don't know. It it reminds me, reminded me quite a bit of Tools Fear Inoculum that came out a couple years ago. Okay. Some of them, yeah. Some of them, doing it's that a, kind of thing though not as like it's solid the, the songs aren't are a lot tighter than tool does with their 14 minute opuses now <laughs> what tool is meandering no <laughs> I, uh, I say that as, as a as a giant fan of the band tool so but yeah um which also sort of mentioned like uh, sorry, I was gonna. Richard also mentioned in his in his post, um, Black Mojo's self titled record, uh, The Cold Stairs, Heavy Shoes, George Lynch's Seamless, which is a uh, instrumental album uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Greta Van Fleet's The Battle at Garden's Gate, Hans Zimmer's The Dune Sketchbook, which I will agree is a great. Uh, it's not the Dune soundtrack. It's just like music he made separate from the movie. Uh, there's actually three soundtracks for the movie. There's an official movie soundtrack, and then there's two other ones. And the Dune sketchbook is sort of like him going off on weird tangents. So there's like one song that's just women chanting, and it's but it's like cut up, and it so it's very very aggressive and like their their voices are the percussion. So it's it's very odd, but it's very cool if you if you're into um. Hans Zimmer stuff. He mentioned the Jim Ward album. He also mentioned the Quicksand album, uh, Mammoth v. WH or WVH. Um, and then um, Distant Populations, uh, or not just, sorry, Sponge Lavatorium, which I think was an okay record. I wouldn't put that in my favorites. Um, Tomahawks, Tonic Immobility. And he mentioned uh, what else? King Buffalo, like that was brought up. And um, Jason Beeler, Songs for the Apocalypse. Jason Beeler from Saigon Kick, I believe. Is that yeah, right? that's a great, that is a great record. So, Jay, what did you listen to this year that, uh, that has been a standout for you? I just want to say I'm thankful for this episode because I've been frantically adding to my, uh, <laughs> my playlist. Because a lot of this stuff, I was having a hard time, like, even as I went through and, like, looked at, like, okay, what kind of came out in t- 2021 that i've listened to like you can do that in apple music and figure that all out i'm like i know i'm missing stuff so like one like quicksand i listened to that 
you know, when it first came out and I just haven't gotten back to it. Um, the King Buffalo album, it's come up a couple of times. I've listened to it. And I'm like, got to get back to it. So this has been awesome to go back. And the whole study was another one that like I spent time with and need to go back to. So this has been a good refresher for me to, to uh, give some of these albums another listen um, and make time for them. Uh, I am thankful for Dinosaur Jr. Um, I thought Sweep It Into Space is an excellent Dinosaur Jr. record. Um, I'm a fan of theirs, but I feel like I'm, you know, I've been in and out over the years um, in terms of my interests and uh, really love that record. Uh, I think it's super strong. Uh, and then they dropped this you know, weird live album a couple weeks ago that I guess was a recording of a live stream they did back in the spring. Um, and for them, I don't, I don't know if all bands can release live albums with no audience and have it work, but somehow it works for them. Like it's the weird silence in between the songs and like the little bit of chatter and the sense of humor. And just, I, there's something also maybe about because of their, the volume they play at and just, you get the live sound, but you don't get the extra like ambient noise of the crowd that can make, you know, maybe their uh, recordings, maybe a little bit, you know, too loose. So I don't know. I, I like that quite a bit. You get to hear some of the new tracks, what they would sound like, you know, what they sound like live and Jay Mass's guitar is just screaming through the whole thing um, and mm -hmm. making all kinds of unreal sounds. Um, the cover they do of um, uh, just like heaven is the guitar parts are just insane. I don't know what he's doing, but um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we, Tim and I are thankful for, I, I think for uh, being able to get a pre-release of the new failure album and mm -hmm. that for a couple weeks while type droid um, really strong. It might be, you know, the more with any failure record for, especially, you know, for me, I, it takes time to absorb it, but I think this might be maybe the best of the reunion you know, the, the reunion records. concise too for it's a failure different. record it's That's different there's a yeah. couple it sounds a little bit different i'm uh yeah i yeah. am interviewing old friend of the dig me out show kelly scott on monday so cool nice yeah and he, he it seems like they let i don't know he seems looser and like more active on the record too um which is fun so that's been fun um explosions in the sky is a band that like you know i've heard here and there but they put out a soundtrack to a documentary about big bend national park and it's i've been spending a lot of time out there in the desert and uh it's like nails it to a t what it's like to be out there so like that's just been a special little find for me um and when i need some instrumental music that's been working um in terms of other non 90s 
stuff. I love Brandy Carlisle. I think the new record is amazing. Um, the pineapple thief is a band over years. Um, I've, you know, I, I will listen to and I'll forget about, I think their new album, nothing but the truth is probably their best for me. It's, it's a really interesting mix of like the pop alternative. You hear notes of like manic street preachers, but it's also very progressive or not progressive enough, but it have move, has movements and like atmospherics and it's a really interesting band. Um, Thankful Lonely the Brave came back with a new singer, um, a unique, to me, a unique sounding, you know, hard rock alternative band um, that's lost an incredible singer and replaced him with somebody who's, you know, close enough for me. Um, agree on the mammoth WVH, mostly just because I'm so glad for him to like finally have that music out. And especially with losing his dad, that he's able just to move forward with his life. Um, and I'm hoping he's having fun with the trolls on Twitter. <laughs> um a couple more uh so uh, i think whitney was talking about feeling a little bit old um i i, I really got Did into I do the... that i do that unconsciously now sorry <laughs> i can relate because like i really got into the uh the willow album um so it's what's that willow smith like will yes. smith's kid yes it's called oh. lately i feel everything it's really good. Um, she did it with Travis Barker from Blink-22. So it's got this like mix of like live rock band with, I guess, modern type feel. I wouldn't say it's like hip hop, but it's got like this very like interesting production quality to it and, you know, modern songwriting. I, I don't know. I think, I think it's really good. I, it's one of those, I have it on random and it comes on. I'm like, Hey, this song's really good. Who's this? And uh, I'm always surprised that I enjoy it as much as I do. Um, so that's my, my weird old man record. Um, what else? Look, Greta from fleet. Awesome. That they came out with another record. Um, Iron Maiden just, I think it's so amazing that that band just keeps adding records to their catalogs that, you know, deserve to be there and for a band that has such an amazing catalog to put out a new record every two to three years and still have it fit and not embarrass themselves is pretty amazing i mean i feel like they're almost 80 years old at this point <laughs> and they just keep <laughs> knocking it out of the park so it's you know it's a great iron maiden record it's just when you're in that mood and it's just nice to have something else you know new you can listen to so uh, joining that yeah that's me excellent well, as you know, I, I do a lot of the box reviews, so I'm listening to a lot of music every week. Sometimes I'm listening to stuff that I review it and it's gone. You know, I, I just listen to to the one or two times for the review and then I move on because we're also reviewing albums for the podcast. So it's like my weeks are pretty packed with with listening to, to new stuff. Uh, the, st the things that have stuck with me this year that haven't gotten mentioned that I've really enjoyed. Um, some of them are recent releases. One is the the new Duran Duran album, Future Past. Really like that record. Uh, it is just a great combination of them channeling their, their history, but with really thoughtful and interesting updates. They have Graham Coxon from Blur playing guitar throughout the whole record. So there's a lot of... And you know that him on his own... I mean, Graham Coxon is a really interesting guitar player, but he can go from doing really power poppy kind of 
indie pop stuff to doing very avant-garde weird sounds. So him channeling that through the Duran Duran sound is a really interesting juxtaposition. Um, I really enjoyed for the French Dispatch, um, Jarvis Cocker put out an album of French, 60s French pop covers called Chansons de a New Tip Top. Uh, which is basically him covering like Serge Gainsbourg, uh, Yves Martin, uh, um, all the classic 60s French pop singers. And so just basically take like, this is hardcore Jarvis Cocker, but have him singing in French. I mean, that's the vibe of the whole record. Um, his, his sort of lurid uh late night bachelor pad style on that record but done with french covers uh it's it's really good it's a lot of fun um shihad who we talked about uh they put out a new record called old gods it's really good it's very heavy uh they're on fire lyrically it's very political album going after everybody um i really liked the uh the pneumatics album uh, I think it's one of the stronger ones in the last 10 years. Um, I've really, I haven't had a problem with anything that they've put out in terms of they, they, they're pretty much, you know, batting 80% or above for me on most of their records. Uh, this one sort of really nails the, I think the last record they were trying to do some poppier stuff and this one, they really hit it like, a home run with it. Whereas I think the last one felt like they were trying a little bit and this one feels a lot more natural. Uh, it's called the ultra vivid lament for people who haven't checked it out. I really like the new Danko Jones, uh, album power trio. That one stuck with me for a while and I'm not a huge Danko Jones fan, but this one had a lot of fire to it. And I really enjoyed that. Um, one that caught my, a lot of variety in those Danko Jones albums usually though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one that caught my ear, which I was not expecting to like, but is very odd. And if you are a fan of this guy's bands, you'll probably like it is Sean Ryder's solo album Visits from Future Technology from Happy Mondays and Black Grape. It's just a weird little dancey, uh, electronic boogie record. I mean, it's it's very Sean Ryder. I mean, it's got his it's his delivery, his style. Um, and it's, it's a bunch of tracks that he've, he's collected over the years that didn't get turned into anything and him and a producer worked on it and they, they turned it into an album and it's pretty good. And I'm not the biggest happy Mondays fan. So I was surprised that I, I liked it as much. I sort of took I'm a chance on it. I'm glad you're repping the, uh, the electronic releases for 2021, because I feel like that sort of gets that, that falls through the cracks. Um, hybrid released black halo, which I didn't mention, but has been a spectacular record that I've been listening to constantly. And the allergies, which is they released Promised Land, which is a very much a DJ electronic slash funk slash hip hop record, and it's just impossible not to have a good time while you're listening to it. Well, this was a great year for trip hop because uh, Morchiba put out a record that I, I liked it so much I bought it, which I I have not bought a lot of new releases, but that was one of the, the new releases that I bought this year. The Sneaker Pimp, Pimps put out a new record, which is really good. Um, Hoover Phonic put out a record, which I, I thought was okay, but it's worth listening to. Um, and there was an uncle record that came out earlier this year. 
Oh, I think, yeah, I think it was Ronan or, or some, yes. some iteration. Yeah, you know, Uncle is to me such an impenetrable, in a sense, uh, entity because superficially it's just like James Lavelle with this revolving door of contributors that he enlists. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that he's as prolific as he is and as, um, consistently solid, or at least to me, he's, he's consistent. And on the electronic side, I really like the Gary Newman album intruder that came out. Ian, did you have a chance to check that out? Yeah, I did. I only listened to it to a couple of times at, at the time and I just got too busy with work, but it was very good. I'm looking forward. I'm hoping to see him next spring, but we'll see how it's. COVID uh, goes with shows and everything. And then uh, one that I was not expecting, but I was very happy that got released was the Saskadelphia EP by the Tragically Hip, which um, for those who don't know, the lead singer Gord Downey passed away a couple years ago. And there's been rumblings that they would be releasing un unreleased material. And this was sort of the first opportunity to do that. It was a um, EP of, of songs that were recorded during the uh, sessions for their second album, Road Apples, which came out 30 years ago. And they did a whole big re-release of that record. The EP captures six songs, five of which are studio. One is a live song that they didn't have a, a studio recording of. But it, it literally has one of their best early singles I've ever heard, which is a song called Ouch, that would have perfectly fit in with that era of the band. <laughs> So I was really happy to get that. There were also a lot of records that I listened to just for the box, took a chance on them and was kind of blown away that I actually liked them. One was the self-titled Halloween album. Um, if you had told me I was going to really dig a Halloween record, who I've never really listened to, <laughs> I was I would have told you you're crazy, but I, I really dug it. It was a lot of fun. Great power metal. Um, I kind of liked the Eve 6 EP that came out this year, the Grim Value EP just sort of doesn't sound anything like what Eve six sounded like originally. And some people hate the EP and think it sounds terrible, but I just thought it was like a nice little weird EP of, of very short, loud, obnoxious songs. Um, I also really like the counting crows, butter miracle sweet one EP, which I'm not a big counting crows fan. I didn't expect to like it, but it's, this was one where I go, Oh, I hear the Springsteen influence on this. Uh, with you know Bruce putting out that excellent album last year was sort of on my mind, and I I heard that '70s Bruce Springsteen storyteller vibe on on that EP. So that was that was a, a shock. I was not expecting 
to dig that. Um, and then I also listened to a bunch of pop punk stuff that I uh, had not expected to like. One was Lonely Town by Down By Law, uh, which is, I, I mean, I don't know if they're pop punk or just punk, straight up punk, but that was really good. Uh, that came out earlier in the year. Also really liked the um, the Nick Cave and Warren Ellis album Carnage, which is very stripped down. Um, not a full Bad Seeds album, obviously. Very dark, but I really enjoyed that record. There was a lot of stuff that I, I gave worthy album reviews on the box, but it, they just didn't stick with me for the whole album. So I'm not going to, or for the whole year. So I'm not going to mention all of them, but there was a lot of good stuff. I feel like, and, and Bob Pollard put out like three good records this year, both with guided by voices and with other bands that are not guided by voices, but sort of are uh, Cub Scout uh, bowling pins, I think is the name of that the <laughs> side project band. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, anybody want to defend the Weezer albums that came out this year? no okay oh, we'll just, there were also a couple good books i just want to mention them annie zaleski's book on duran duran's rio very good one of my i've read probably 20 or 30 of the 33 to third series books and really enjoyed that she did a great job I, I we're lucky that we've had a bunch of people who have written those you know dx ferris wrote the slayer book and bill janovitz wrote the book on exile on main street those are excellent books as well. This is right up there with um, with those books. I also really liked uh, Mike Hipple, who's a photographer, sent us a copy of his book called Live Through That, 90s, Mich- 90s Musicians Today. Um, if you get a chance, pick it up get, or get it from your library. It's basically him doing a, a photo shoot with 90s musicians but now and and sort of doing a little bit of a retrospective on what their life has been like both as a 90s musician and then how it's transitioned in some cases to becoming a stay-at-home parent or going into a completely different field of work or staying a musician but doing something different than what they were famous for um what kind of bands uh, everything from, uh, you know, Curse Novoselic from Nirvana and Tanya Donnelly from Belly to um, uh, some UK artists that I'm I'm forgetting. Uh, hold on, I have it right here. Who else is in there? Um, it's got uh, Kay Han- Hanley from Letters to Cleo, David Lowry from Cracker, Speech from Arrested Development. Um uh, who else is in there? Uh, one of the guys from uh, Chumbawamba. And uh, there's probably about 30 artists in there. So it's it's worth checking out. And it's, you know, it's kind of a coffee table book because it's a lot of f- photographs. And um, it's worth checking out. So that, that was uh, one of the books that I enjoyed. I also enjoyed, uh, for different reasons, the Woodstock 99 uh, love, peace, and rage documentary that came out more so just because I'm glad that uh, it uh, completely justifies my dislike of the Woodstock uh, revival in the '90s and also going to large concerts such as I, that. I felt that I I revisiting that put a lot of things back in place in my memory too. Like yes, sequence of how things happened and which Woodstock was which and what bands did what and. I thought we also learned quite a bit if you watch that about 
uh, behind the scenes, what the people that were involved that and the bad decisions that were made that ultimately right. created that disaster. So it was, uh, it was pretty good. It was a good year for documentaries. The, the McCartney one, two, three on Hulu. Oh yeah. So good. Excellent. Um, Mark Ronson's watch the sound on Apple TV. Really good. This is pop on Netflix. It's a really good, uh, documentary, like six part series. And, um, I haven't watched the Alanis one yet. I know there's more coming with regards to that music box series. Yeah. So the, uh, the Sparks Brothers is a great one worth checking out. The yeah, I need to that. check out that one. And there's also oh. one by Todd Haynes on the Velvet Underground that I need to check out. There's, um, a, uh, there's a good oh. um, documentary you guys should check out too related to 90s bands. Um, it's called Parallel Love, the story of a band called Luxury. Luxury was a... They were, if you look up on Wikipedia, they were a Christian rock band that tried to kind of not fall into the Christian category, but they ended up getting some um, advice for some from some people. Um, ended up signing with Tooth and Nail Records. The documentary is, um, it's a roller coaster ride because it's this band that you've probably never heard of. I I had. I remember getting a couple of promo CDs in the mail back in the nineties from these guys. And I honestly didn't give them the time of the day because I didn't know anything about them. And, and again, similar to Palm ghost, if I had listened to them in the nineties, they were, I put them sort of in that smoking popes. Like I think if you took, if you ask them their influences, they, and, and I think in the documentary, they say Fugazi and the Smiths. So they're kind of like a mix of those two. Um, but just when you think, you know, like one, like, Here's this underground band you've never heard of. They were in a terrible car accident that really caused a lot, you know, to break up the band. A couple of the guys ended up becoming like, I want to say Roman Catholic priests, maybe, or they got really into, it's a, it's a fantastic story. And it's one of those testaments to somebody having a camera at all times, which is, you know, in the nineties, wasn't that common. I don't think, but somebody was just, Somebody was just filming everything. And so it's it's a really comprehensive documentary that had a lot of footage that 99.9% of bands never think to have. So um, I think it's on Amazon. It, I don't know if it's part of the Amazon Prime free viewing or it's a couple bucks, but um, it's really good. I talked to the director who turns out ended up like joining the band and he's the one who filmed everything. He said he had hours and hours and hours with the film. And at one point, like he pulls it out every couple of years. And at some point somebody was like, you should put that all together. And um, it was, a, it was a really, it was really good. It was, it turned me into a fan of the band. Um, and they sort of, I think they, I don't know if they reunited because of the movie, but they put out a record after not being together for a long time. It's a great band. I would recommend checking out the band and the documentary. And, and Tim, I'll go ahead. I was going to say, and, and uh, connecting books in Woodstock um, in 2008, Greg Prado, um, you know, he does a lot of those oral histories. Uh, he did a, a story about uh, a, a book about um, Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon called A Devil on One Shoulder and an Angel on the Other. That came out in 2008. Um, much to my surprise, it just popped up. Like, I don't even know where I saw it. Like, he just put up, put out a follow up called Shannon. Um, same thing, oral history. It's basically now 12, 13 years later, some people that he didn't talk to the first time around did some round tables with the, the the guys in the band. They put out that documentary. Was that last year or this year? The all, all I can say documentary. There was another person, Shannon Hoon, who filmed everything back in the nineties. Um, so I think 
based off the documentary, uh, this book kind of came together. I am still a little bit, um, I wish you would have talked to me because I have a lot of blind melon stories to tell, but maybe I'll be in the third book in 10 or 12 years. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and be thankful for something that hasn't even come out yet. Oh boy. Uh, as, as of the recording of the, uh, today, today's date is the 23rd and two days we're about to get the Beatles get back, which is yeah. from everything I think I've so seen I'm, is looks uh, absolutely incredible. So, so excited to see that with my dad. That is, that is a dad, dad documentary. Yes. Cross generations. That is a dad documentary. What is that? What is it? Is that on Apple TV or when it, what is that coming? Uh, Disney Plus, Plus actually. Oh God. So, okay. It's going to be three. Find a friend who's got it. Get their yeah. No ready. kidding. Yeah. Three Jay, parts, I, thought, I think. I totally thought you were going to say coming out in a couple of days. It's not out yet is uh, the new black label society record, <laughs> which, which is awesome. Like, is it, it is it good? So here's the thing. Like I, you know, I'm a huge Aussie fan. I was a huge Aussie fan when Zach Wilde yeah. was in the band. Um, Black Label Society. I've seen them live once or twice, and um, I'm not a guitar player. What is it called? Like pinch harmonics when you yeah. bend the strings. Yeah. Like every single song when I saw them live, I yeah. was like, it, it got old fast. Oh the yeah. New, the new record sounds like it. It could have been an Ozzy or maybe oh, nice. not a Black Sabbath, but it's it's it's. I got an advance of it, and I interviewed Zach a couple weeks ago, and it's phenomenal. It is. Cool. It is. It it blew me away. It's it's definitely my hard rock album of the year. Nice, yeah, I'm a fan of the the stuff they do they've, they've they've done together. So I'll check that out. Yeah, the new stuff is is great. It comes out this week as well. Uh, any records that uh, didn't get mentioned that anyone would like to bring up? Um, Marissa, I'm surprised there was a band that you were just on for that has a new yeah, record. Yeah, uh, I should have mentioned uh, Alabama Three Step Thirteen, which is. But but like I I it, it, I, I exhausted my um, I don't know it, it, like like the engine stalled on Alabama three I just I just <laughs> gave so much to to, um, to that specific episode um, and I wanted to to focus on the hold steady because it 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 was just such you know to me it, it was emblematic of like my 2021 pandemic experience but yes it is very good and. I, I think it will be appealing to the dig me out union because there are no protracted spoken word elements there. It's just straight, you know, rock and roll and dance music. They're standard issue, um, delightful, weird Frankenstein monster thing that I love so much. Excellent. Tim, is it is it time for me to say how much I enjoyed 1981? <laughs> sure <laughs> i enjoyed the heck out of that thanks Thank for putting you. thanks for doing that that's fun i i um hope this i don't know if this is how you originally intended for me to enjoy it but if i'm reading something sci-fi or horror i'll put it on as one of those you know nice the mood musics or you know so it's it was it was good time you can go to my band camp and uh, pick up the uh the release uh 1981 yes Not the exactly year because <laughs> uh, 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 I, I, I wrote i made a movie or i made an album about uh john carpenter and and stuff that came out in 1981 because for some reason as a seven-year-old i was exposed to that watching the mm -hmm. thing uh way too early 
and no, it's never and, too early for the thing, Tim. <laughs> I, th- I think it might have caused some some damage that I'm still dealing with, uh, according to my counselor. So I was I was personally traumatized that you guys are going to laugh at me by um, I know what you did last summer. And I was like <laughs> six or seven years old because that's how old I was around. And it was like yeah. when, when uh, my friend showed it to me at a sleepover uh, before I was ready for it. Oh. But interestingly enough, I wound up my husband was watching the movie um and and i realized oh my god the soundtrack to this this movie is just full of all these great 90s bands it totally kicks ass <laughs> if there was one thing the 90s were good for it was soundtracks full of lots of good bands that was the thing every every one of them has a good if if they don't have a good soundtrack the music supervisor really screwed up in the 90s because yeah, the, the credits started the to roll and i'm like wait is that cool a shaker damn all right <laughs> oh yeah their cover of hush uh yeah that's, that's my favorite Kula shaker song because <laughs> it's written by deep purple <laughs> there you go who else has got albums that they want to uh that they didn't get a chance to mention uh, yet uh, i've got a, a couple uh when uh, darren reminded me of uh, specters i didn't realize their new one came out but a couple that are on the, the same label here in canada uh actors uh Another post-punk band from Vancouver uh, came out with uh, Acts of Worship, um, Leathers, um, New Act, also from Vancouver. Uh, God, I like Vancouver music for some reason. Uh, uh, new artist, uh, Dark Wave, and that was a couple of uh, interesting listens. And um, Kaylin uh, Mikla uh, from Iceland, uh, they uh, had a new album. Uh, I haven't uh, spent much time with it, but uh, some of their older stuff... Relative old stuff, their new band uh, is, is pretty good. I mean, it got Robert Smith from The Cure's attention a couple of years ago for, him to, for them to open for him uh, for uh, for the 40th uh, birthday and, and um, a couple other uh, festival appearances. So uh, th- those were uh, ones that uh, of note for, for me. Cool. Anyone else? I've got one. I've got one. I, I forgot to mention this. Uh, they're, called, they're called Dry Cleaning. Uh, they're a uh, south london band um and i saw them recently and they, they were just absolutely fantastic live but basically I've, I've lived in london for over 10 years now and there's like a thousand indie rock bands just kind of sounding all the same but um dry cleaning just do it differently and sound just more interesting um and basically the the, the singer who's female delivers uh, her singing style almost spoken word whilst the the, the other three members are all, all male just create this storm around her and it just it works really really well and i actually really highly, highly recommend this album i reckon i think they're touring america very soon and i reckon it will take off in 2022 for them big time i really do okay really called dry cleaning they were yeah, just on cleaning. um yeah they were just on uh, one of the late night talk shows maybe colbert this yeah, week or correct. yeah fallon i think yeah. Oh, interesting. It, mm. All right, okay. you know that I, yeah, I I've always. I think America will love them. I think America will love them. I've, <laughs> I've always, I've always got more to add, so um, I'll make it quick. But uh, like I said, I, I interviewed a, a ton of bands this year, and a lot with either direct or indirect ties to the '90s or '80s, um, and all of which I thought put out good records. Ben Queller's record came out in January. I could, it might have even come out like January first. I mm-hmm. sort of forgot about it. I remember January first thinking. I got to hold a spot on the list for this because it's it's a great power pop album. Um, I got to admit, so uh, I was I was 
I got to interview a lot of people that I thought I would never have a chance to. So I interviewed Jacob Dylan. Um, I love that new wallflowers record. I, I liked, you know, old wall. I like the hits of the wallflowers, um, but I really haven't paid attention to them in the last three or four records, but I, I bought the vinyl of the new one. I like it that much. Um, two covers albums. I'm, I'm not usually a covers albums kind of guy, you know, it seems like covers albums always cover the same, you know, there's like 30 songs that bands always seem to cover, but, uh, two, uh, two artists that stuck to different songs that I really enjoyed, both of which I bought on vinyl were, uh, Los Lobos put out a great covers album. Uh, so much so in that I honestly didn't know they were covers, uh, until I got to like the third or fourth song and they did a Buffalo Springfield song. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice for them to throw a cover in here. And then went back and realized that the whole thing was bands that they grew up with listening to in East LA in the sixties and seventies. Um, some of which were bands that like no one has ever heard of unless you lived there at the time. Uh, also Colin Hay put out a really good covers album. Um, he put it out. I think he's got a new album coming out in early 2022, but he put this out as just sort of a filler. I did not get to interview him, but, uh, but I, I am probably going to interview him next year. Um, William Goldsmith, the drummer from Sunday day real estate and Foo fighters is in a new band called assertion. Uh, they put out something that sounds very, much like a band that William Goldsmith, who was in Sunny Day Real Estate and Foo Fighters, should sound like. Um, just came out this week, a band called, uh, an, an, a reunion album by uh, Frog Pond. I don't know if anybody remembers them. They were on Columbia Records in the 90s, a female-led band. Um, I actually saw them at Polaris Amphitheater, Germain Amphitheater, open for the Goo Goo Dolls. So they were that kind of band that like were first on a three-band bill kind of band. Um, but they just put a new record. Um, coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, the much talked about Kevin Whalen album, uh, under Eon station, Aeon station. I'm not sure how to pronounce. Right. Um, uh, for those who you don't know, he was, is, was a member of the Wrens. The Wrens went through this sort of public, I want to call it maybe a divorce, uh, in the last couple of months in a New York times article where they've been working on material now for 10, 12 years, um, it keeps getting close to being released and then not being released. And so Kevin kind of was like, I'm, I'm ready to put something out. So he took some of the songs that he had written for the next runs record, added some new ones, and it's going to put out an album on Sub Pop in a couple of weeks. He's somebody I interviewed recently, just a, an awesome, awesome guy. He, he works a corporate job, corporate day gig, and he's just excited that people even care about their runs because he said back in the day, they used to play in front of 10 people. And so the fact that people, <laughs> this many people are talking about him in the New York Times is doing an article on him is still kind of blows his mind. Um, Two more records. Uh, Darren reminded me, Black Country, New Road. Um, I think they're a UK band. Uh, yeah, you know, the first time I heard them, I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm listening to. It sounds like art school students who listen to 90s indie alternative, but they're doing stuff that I don't understand at all. And it kind of, it, it's not scary music, but it kind of scared me because it wasn't stuff that I was used to listening to. And I couldn't stop listening to it. And I can't believe I didn't have that as my top two or three. And then um, another uh, friend of the show, uh, Aaron Perino, put out a new record, uh, his first kind of solo project, Aaron and Lord. Uh, Tanya Donnelly sings on four songs, got to do an interview with Aaron. And, um, you know, I just, I love that record too. Great single with, with Tanya Donnelly. Oh, yeah. On that record. Like if this was, if it was the 90s, that would be a buzz bin clip on, uh, on MTV. I mean, the video's great. The song yeah. is great. You know, he said, I, I, to me, it's not like a fifties girl group kind of, it, it opens with that little drum. That's, you know, it sounds like a sixties kind of sock hop kind of song. And he said that that's sort of what he was going for. He said he was going for sort of, a, um, 
and I don't know Las Vegas, but he said it, it he was going for a sort of a, uh, uh, I forget what he said. Somehow a Las Vegas meets Cocteau Twins kind of um, mix on that song. Okay. I can hear that. I sort of, Yes. <laughs> I was thinking more it's, it's got that Phil Spector vibe. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Anyone else got some records? I'm surprised the Cheap Jerk record wanted, hasn't come nah, up. I was going to bring up the Cheap Jerk record, but I... Okay. Uh, I, But, you know, hey, I don't know. See, the thing about Cheap Jerk is they keep putting out stuff and it always seems so consistent that I'm like, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. You know, it's like they don't really sound like they did when I was a kid, but I still enjoy their stuff. And you know, I think it's, the, it's amazing when you think about it. It It is so easy to put the pieces together and have them fail to transcend some of the individual parts. It, it is so easy to make art and have it be shitty or mediocre or bland that, that, that any artist has like even a 25%, this is all right ratio is yeah. astounding to me because I, I can't write music. I can't even play an instrument. So if Cheap Trick is making a record that you can like rock out to and nod your head to and go, yeah, that's Cheap Trick. That's a success. It's got to be. It's got to be worth mentioning. Yeah. I just listened to it the other day. I thought it was really good. Um, I, the songs kind of meld together because I haven't listened to it more than a half dozen times, but it's not something I avoid at all. I think, you know, I mean, they're just a good band. Um, and I don't know how old, I think they must be 70 by now. Right. Oh yeah. They, oh, they looked at, yeah. Uh, I, I went to see them at Irving Plaza. That was one of my first shows back in September or October or something. And yeah, they're definitely, um, getting up there. It's, it's, yeah. it's charming. Yeah. I, I got a band, uh, Norwegian rock pop band called Caddy. They put out, a a CD of totally of covers. Uh, Chip reminded me of that. Um, and um, they did a cover of a walking on the roof by Sergeant arms. It's they remade a bunch of seventies and eighties songs. Really, really good. If you get a chance to check it out, it's called it's by caddy C A D D Y. It's called detours and dead ends. Volume one. If you like, if you like that kind of stuff, um, it's, it's really good. And it, it, it somehow retains that seventies and eighties sound, but is seems really, fresh you know what i mean it's uh it's fun and none of the songs you'll probably recognize at all which is great with covers like you mentioned it's like they're always the same covers but these i don't even think i knew what these songs were so they seemed like new songs nice. I, I forgot one sorry my my never ending list um princess goes to the butterfly museum so that is michael c hall who plays dexter um, he met the rest of the guys in the band when he was touring as part of the Hedwig and the Angry Inch uh, theater performance. Um, two of the guys got together to play some music and they kept thinking like, we need a singer for this. Who do we know? And they're like, wait, we both toured as part of this play and musical with Michael C. Hall. We should see if he's busy. And Michael C. Hall said, I absolutely would love to do this. Um, love that record. Um, it's got some Bowie vibes. It's got some Hedwig vibes. It's got some Gary Newman vibes a little bit here and there. Um, the drummer was in the first lineup of the Wallflowers and then ended up dating and recording and playing with Natalie Merchant for quite a while. Um, the synth player has played with Blondie for a number of years. Um, just a really cool sounding record. And 
I was supposed to interview the drummer and the synth player and the publicist was like, Hey, if you can do it at 9am on Saturday morning, um, Michael C. Hall will join the call. So that sort of blew my mind that I was talking to Dexter on the other end. (laughs) Still, I still can't believe I, you know, I've been watching the new season of Dexter and I'm like, yeah, I, I did an interview with that guy and he was super cool. And like, he was just another musician. Like he, he has an equal footing in that band. He's not the famous actor in that band. He's just the singer in that band. So, but it's a, it's a really interesting, it was, you know, I actually told him at the end of the interview, I said, you know, um, I went into this thinking that this was going to be another Bacon Brothers and that I would probably pretend to like it just so that I could talk to you, but that I didn't really like the music. But um, he far <laughs> met my, the music meets my expectations. It's it's really good. The Bacon Brothers. Is it 30 odd foot of grunt? It's uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's better than that. OK, good. <laughs> Carl, did you have? I I, th- I think you're going to speak up with uh, some additional. Yeah, I was going to say just two things on uh, styles that were mentioned earlier because electronica was mentioned, and uh, so I recommend uh, Tall Black Guy, who's sort of hip hop electronica, a little bit of rap, but mostly instrumentals, and then uh, punk was mentioned and. Uh, young people and the Linda Linda Linda's signed with Epitaph and they're a bunch of teenage girls doing classic guitar and drum punk music, which is great because their viral single was amazing. Yeah. They performed in the library. Yeah. Racist sex boy. And then they went viral and Epitaph signed them. I don't know if that's been released yet. I know releases are getting delayed quite a bit too, but like, it's great because it seemed like rock music was going to, or like guitar based rock music was going to disappear forever. And so I, I have hope that it will return again. <laughs> They're running out of ideas, so it'll come back. Oh, Whitney, that reminds me 2021 Power Pop release, LAX's. You'd like it. Okay. I think I've heard of it, actually. I haven't heard it, though. Okay, cool. Is that My it? list is getting too long. I know it's just every time I do one of these, I'm like, oh my god! It just the the entries just stack on and on and on. I uh, I know we could add an extra hour to this pod, uh, podcast. Um, I know at least I don't know the rest of you. I know Marissa and myself have been going to quite a few shows, and I am thankful. You know, I don't want to make this a political podcast or anything. I'm thankful that I got the vaccine and was able to go to shows and feel comfortable with going to shows. Amen. Um, you know, I sort of took that approach of buying a lot of tickets. Uh, for those of you guys who know me, um, having been a writer for, well, 30 years, that's a long time. Um, I tend to not pay for concert tickets. I tend to get a lot of free tickets, but I've paid for every ticket for every show I've seen this year um, because I feel like bands have been off the road for so long and and I'm ready to give back. Um, and I've been buying a lot of tickets and I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of 80s related stuff. Uh, during the summer, there's a lot of 80s hair metal bands playing all the suburban mm-hmm tomato festivals and zucchini festivals so i saw <laughs> winger jack russell's great white firehouse kicks autograph faster pussycat enough's enough i saw guns and roses this year um so to me it was a, a lot of it was going back to like stuff that uh that i that i that i personally knew would be good maybe you guys don't agree with it but i i was uh, <laughs> oh to- no to- totally agree with you you just ran you just ran through my childhood there I saw Jeff Tate from Queensryche. I saw Last in Line, which is basically the Dio guys, including Vivian Campbell, um, play at a club. So, yeah, I totally relived those days because I knew that 
it would be, I, I knew what I was getting going to those shows. It wasn't some new band that I wasn't quite sure. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful that live music is back. Uh, I did actually listen to one new record that came out this year that was not a nineties. It was because of you, Jay, it was um, stand for myself by Yola. Oh yeah. Yep. That's a really good record. The Gram- yeah. Grammy nominated Yola. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Um, the record before that is, I love it. She was also the singer band called Phantom Limb. If you can find any of their stuff, it's also excellent. But yeah, she's totally unique and an incredible singer. But that's it for me. I basically listened to nothing that was not <laughs> 90s or 80s related because I just did not have time. And it, and you were just like, oh, you should check this out. And I'm like, all right, I, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> and that was it. Did you, get, did you get it on vinyl? No. Not yet. That's a that's one you need to get on vinyl. No, it's definitely a vinyl purchase at some point in the future. Uh well, we've gone an hour and a half. Can I do one more thing? Can I throw yes. out um what I'm looking forward to next year? Are we doing that or is that for a future podcast? Why the we hell not? A, we should do a let's January look, round table. But let's see how it goes. Maybe for end of December for New Year's. <laughs> Let's do let's do something like that. Yeah, let's hold that for a future. Right. Uh, we'll do that because uh, you know we knew we always start our year with a roundtable looking back twenty years. Although now we're looking back thirty years because we did nineteen ninety one decades. You can always switch decades. Move it up <laughs> ten. You won't feel so bad. So we'll be doing nineteen ninety two in January. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> the year I went, started college, and we can also talk about the albums that we're looking forward to. We can do a we can do a split uh, for that. Uh, looking back and looking forward, we'll call it. Yeah. After ninety one, nothing important happened in ninety two for music. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was pretty. It was pretty quiet. I mean, let's be let's yeah. be honest. After ninety one was such a big year. Ninety two was like, let's just chill, everybody. <laughs> we we got it we got it figured out um so i want to say at, at this was a this is great I, i've got a whole list of th- things i ha- i have to check out now i've got a couple days off for thanksgiving i'll i got my spotify list uh ready to go i'll start pulling stuff up and listening to it and uh, i hope people that are listening are going to get a chance to uh check some stuff out because a lot of good music out there. Not just what we listen to for the podcast, but also new music uh, that uh, is being made by the youngsters. You've got to support the youngsters out there making making their music as well. And uh, made the past two years bearable. Yes, exactly. Helped us get us helped us get through these interesting times. Oh, listen to a lot more stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Ian, Chip, Marissa, Darren, Wit, Lee, Knee. <laughs> I went Wit, Knee, Wit, Lee. I don't know what the, Chris Whitley. Perfect. There you go. And Carl, thank you all for joining us on this Tuesday pre Thanksgiving evening. Uh, we're happy to spend some time with y'all. Morning. Wednesday morning. Or Wednesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday morning for the Aussies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm a little jealous of 
of the Aussie because it's like 25 degrees outside with 25 mile an hour winds right now. And he's look. look well, he's in, the, he's in London yeah. though, right? Well, I'm in London. It's freezing now. Oh, yeah. oh, he's in, oh, he's got freezing weather too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. freezing. <laughs> no, I don't even, I don't even know if, if we had Gavin on or, or Jason Pan, it would be, uh, it'd be like three in the afternoon maybe, but it would be like 85 degrees. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit or in Celsius. Was that 30 something? I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I can't do that sort of conversion. It's uh, about 30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that was a, just a guess. You did it. You did it. I just guessed. It's a math genius. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I divided the five and then hit the, the, the quadrangle. That's why I do it. Uh, thank you all for hanging out and uh, sharing all these uh, albums. I hope people will go check them out. And I want to remind everyone that uh, you can support this podcast by going to Dig Me Out Union or DMOUnion.com. Become a union member. Vote in the polls. You get the box newsletter uh, on the uh, Patreon website every week with new reviews. You can also sign up for it at digmeoutpodcast.com. It's where you can suggest an album as well. If you want to uh, put an album in one of our hoppers, Jay's really looking forward to all the Spin Doctor suggestions that have come in recently. And uh, he's totally psyched about that. Going to talk some Jimmy Olsen's blues. Uh, maybe if it wins the poll, but it's only uh, it only happens if the poll uh, goes that way. We've had some real interesting battles. The last we had a what was it? We had Billy Idol versus Pinback, and then recently we had uh, a tie, right? Between Coverdale Page and Pure. Oh yeah, I was supposed to flip a coin. You were supposed to flip a coin or something, weren't (laughs) you? You're gonna piss people off if you don't do it. We have a coin. That I can You're going to be pissed no matter what you do. So. A coin? Uh, what is Here, here. Uh, I've got a Canadian loony right here. Okay, so Ian is going to flip it. What, what are the two sides of the loony? So one heads with the uh, with, uh, Queen Elizabeth, and then the back is a uh, Canadian loon. That's the loony. <laughs> All right, so you're going to so, flip it. The queen represents uh, Coverdell Page, and the loon, the other one, which I forgot already, whatever the other option Pure. is. Pure. Pure. It is heads. Oh, darn it. <laughs> so we're talking Coverdale Page. <laughs> oh, I, I let my... Uh, yeah. We're going to shake the tree. It, oh, it's man. sound of chance. I think I have that on cassette. The Discord. Oh, all right, do get out on Discord, guys. <laughs> I know. Just this are going to get, get violent. I almost, I'm almost. i so thankful that you brought that up because I, I, I forgot to flip the coin at the, uh, at the outset. <sighs> So uh, forgot the coin too. Yeah, I forgot the coin <laughs> as well. Ian saved the day. I was gonna, I was gonna use. This. Honestly, if, if you told me how to go flip a coin, I don't know if I have a coin in my house. <laughs> I, I don't. What's that? what's a, what's like? What is a what do I do with a coin? I, I don't know. You use it to scratch off lottery tickets. That's the only thing it's good for these days. Let, let me open the coin flap at a coin flip app on my phone. You know. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly. Uh, if you're if you are enjoying this podcast, please stop by Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a positive review. And uh, that's it. Thanks to everyone who joined us for this episode, and thanks to everyone who has listened. Uh, for JM Tim, we're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. My-